called out, or Avram as he was known then, called out there in the name of Hashem, the Kael, the, the Hashem, the God of the world, the universe. So the Gemara, so the Gemara says, Al-Tikra Vayikra El Vayakri. Don't read it, Vayikra, that he called out, but Vayakri, he caused others to call out. Malame, from this we learn, Shehikri Avram Avinu, that Avram Avinu caused every person that passed by him coming and going he got him to call out to Hashem the name of Hashem Ketzad how did he get this how did he get to do that how, why did everybody respond and do what he asked because he would serve them food and after they ate and drank they wanted to thank him and bless him as the host he said to them, Did you eat my food? You ate the food that belongs to Hashem. So thank and bless and so on and praise the one that created the world. And that's how we got them to bless Hashem. In Medrash Vetsugigem, and the Medrash adds another detail to this. That those who responded negatively, they didn't want to thank Hashem, to thank the one who said and created the world. So Avram Avinu demanded a great fortune for the food and the drink that they ate. He charged them an exorbitant price for the food that they had eaten. And he explained to them that he was as his vet, so what's all as I feel that it's justified that he should charge this much. Because it's, uh, you're in the middle of the desert, there's nowhere to buy food. The fact that I'm here selling food, of course I sell it at a premium. And when they heard that they be expected to pay such an expensive price for the food that they ate, they relented and they said, okay, blessed is Hashem that we ate his food. In Pashtus Kumtois, so it would seem, as those that the fact that they said they thanked Hashem after that is given by Lesbrader was, of course, because they had no other choice. Today, this is only staff and soul. In order to avoid having to pay such exorbitant prices, they said, "Okay, fine. We'll say whatever you want." And not because they suddenly felt taken by this uh, feeling of thanking Hashem. Certainly not. They were thanking Hashem. They were saying it because of Rama Vino pressured them by charging them such prices. So therefore, is So this is strange. We can understand in regards to the ones that Avram Avinu influenced them. He convinced them that they should thank Hashem and they did it willingly. That's understandable. That we can understand. That's called causing others to call out Hashem's name. He explained it to them. They agreed and they did it. But those who he had to force to say the words, what's the point of them saying these words? And it's only Ein Mol, they say it one time, only because they're in the presence of Aram. They'll obviously never say it again. They'll never say, Blessed Hashem again. And even when they say it, they don't really mean it. How could you call that publicizing the name of Hashem in, in the, across the world when the people that are saying it don't even really mean it? Since they, tr- they don't re- recognize Hashem and that He is the one that's providing the food, they're just saying the words. So then what does it mean that Hashem publicized the name of Hashem? If we were talking about Jewish people, the people that Avrama influenced were Jewish people. 
is Yadua the Psag Dina Rambam. So we know what the Rambam says. As a Philovens Miznim Kaifed Zutara Mitzvah, that Ayid, even if you have to force him to do a mitzvah, or the Lisrachik Min Averis, or to avoid doing an Avera, and he's only doing it or not doing it because you're forcing him to do it. The Ramam says that's still called that he's doing it out of his free will. And you say, what do you mean free will? You're forcing him. The answer is, because a Yid by definition wants to be Jewish. He wants to behave like a Jew. And he wants to do every mitzvah and he wants to stay away from every Aveda. Why then does he not do mitzvahs and why does he do Avedas? It's only his Yitzhahara which is forcing him, pushing him, pressuring him in to doing or not doing what he should. Now that you forced him, how? By even, uh, by even whipping him. They would whip him until he said, okay, I'll do it. So by whipping him, you're not creating the will. What you're doing is taking away the the Yetzirah's influence. So you've weakened the Yetzirah's influence. And therefore he declares that I want to. So therefore, what he's doing, he's doing out of his true will. In the, the Rambam says it in the case of divorce, where somebody, the, the uh, Rabbonim paskin that he must give a divorce, and he refuses to. So they would, they would whip him until he said, okay. But that's, what kind of okay is that? That's not done out of his free will, which a divorce has to be given out of free will. So he answered, the Rambam says, that every Yid wants to do what is right. The Yetzirah doesn't allow you, so you're whipping him until the, you weaken the Yetzirah. Now his true will comes through, and therefore it's still called his will. Thus haste, in other words, as villa in and the mitzvahs. In his, in his deep in his soul, every yid wants to do the mitzvahs. And the fact that he doesn't want to, it seems like he doesn't want to, is nor an inichitzani is something which is external to him. As we said, therefore, when you force him, what that accomplishes is that by this you remove the external influence of the Yetzirah. So now when he says, okay, I want to, that is because his true will came through and is no longer obscured and obstructed by the Yitzhahara. So that's true for Yidin. So if Avraham Avinu was forcing Yidin to say, to bench, so then it would make sense. But this is not true for any, any passerby. This is only true, the, re, the truth for a Yid, but not for the rest of the population of the world. So the question is, what's the point of Avram forcing somebody to bench? Base. The Yifas the Yifetayar, the Sefer Yifetayar, Zoktev Dem, says about this, he answers this question as, Av Although it's possible that they were being deceitful when they benched, they didn't really mean it. And they were speaking only because he forced them to speak that way. Ka'ela is speaking this way. Avram did it in order to fulfill his obligation to Hashem. He did what he had to with them. And if they're being deceitful, so then they are responsible for being deceitful, not him. He did whatever he could. The responsibility of being deceitful is on them. So this needs to be understood because number one, because if he acknowledges that they were de- being deceitful, they were fooling him, they didn't really mean it, what did he accomplish by make, getting them to do that? It was, it wasn't, none of it was true anyway. Number two, and this is the main question, it's difficult to say that Avram went about his whole life only in order to fulfill his obligation to Hashem. And the whole thing might be uh, false and have no basis at all. 
So it's difficult that Avram Avinu dedicated his life to something which really has no, wasn't really even true. While the Medr because the Medr says elsewhere, Asulib Der Hanhaga, because of this behavior of Avram Avinu, was where he got every passerby to say, to bless Hashem. Had the Eibush gezokt, the Eibush said in response to this behavior, I consider it as if you were a partner with me in the creation of the world. So in other words, Hashem considered it to be very important. And you also said that my name was not known to the people. And you made me known to my creation, to the members of my creation. But the funnest movement for this we understood, understand, as the meat hotter bazei uvgeton ahakarim b'reilim, that by this behavior he brought about a recognition of Hashem as the creator of the world. And therefore, as a result of this, he becomes like a partner in the creation of the world. And we don't find that we should that in the uh, somewhere in a sefer they should dif- differentiate as dos is gizagavornor of divas erotav zegepelt on kenshum lachatz that when when is this said that you made me known to the people of the world and therefore you're a partner only those people that he did without pressure but the people that he did with pressure that that's not included. Nowhere do we find such a differentiation. And so then what was the point of giving the pressure, of making pressure? Gimel. <coughs> so we'll understand this by first explaining. We find another way in which is expressed this idea that you bring out, what the Ramam said before, that you bring out the true will of the Yid that is accomplished through whipping someone or pressuring someone in order to weaken the Yetzirah that the inner will of the person is, comes out not only because he says I want to that just saying those words appear to be something which is forced and not real and not sincere. Nor er the the But that what happens in fact is the fact that the person, the yid, has an inner will, this is his true will, therefore that also influences the external will. It has an effect on the external will. Where do we find this? We find this by the Meraglim, the story of the Meraglim. As Freer hadn't gesagt, first they said, they said he is stronger, they are stronger than him. Meaning they, they is the, uh, the people of the Knanim, the people that lived in Eretz Knan, are stronger than him. The literal sense it means than the Jewish nation. But what they really meant was Mimenu from him, meaning from Hashem. So they were saying that the people of Canaan are more powerful than Hashem and he's not going to be able to deal with them. That's what they said first. By and then they cried, the people cried. By and they said, let's go back to Mitzrayim and forget this whole thing. And then what happened? Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to them in a very stern way. He struck them, so to speak, with strong words. And then in response to that, the people became very uh, remorseful. Yeah, let's go to Yisrael. Suddenly they changed their mind completely. And now they're rushing to go to Yisrael. So from wanting to go back to Mitzrayim and not believing that they could deal with it, all of a sudden they want to go to Yisrael. What happened in between? Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to them. And he spoke to them with stern words. So we see that Hakah, striking them with, at least in, uh, with words, made a complete change. That that which their, their, uh, 
external will was that they don't want to go to Israel, suddenly their, their external will was on board with their internal will. From this we can also understand what the Mishnah tells us. Every day a voice, a heavenly voice comes out from Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. It declares and announces and says, Woe to the people, Brias. As the Rebbe will point out, using the term, the most basic term for the human race, which is created beings. A human has more than just being a created being, but there are certain people that are just created beings. That's, that's the only quality that they possess. So woe to these created beings, from the insult of the Torah that they give to the Torah. Because whoever does not study Torah, Nikra Nozov is called uh, despicable or whatever, some term, a negative term that is attached to such people that insult the Torah by not learning the Torah. That's the announcement that comes from Har Sinai. That also needs to be understood. The Kavona from Baskar is What's the point of this heavenly voice coming out? The point is to Peil Zayn, that it should have the effect, as by, by Eden, I say to say Zayn the point is to awaken the yin to bring about a feeling of wanting to study Torah. The announcement should have been talking about the great importance of learning Torah and how beautiful it is and how precious it is and talk up Torah. But nothing like that is mentioned by the announcement at all. Fabos is in why does the announcement only dwell on what happens if you don't learn Torah? Woe to those who insult the Torah. Why not talk about the greatness of Torah and how beautiful it is and how precious it is? So that needs to be understood. Especially that the Baskal is addressing and therefore also speaking to this category of Yidin, which are called Brias, as I mentioned. As they express, they, as the Mishnah says, the Alter Rebbe tied this up, that the Alter Rebbe explains that what is the meaning of the term Brias, that, that means those people that are distant from the Torah of Hashem and the service of Hashem, that's why they are addressed as mere creations. Thus haste. Their only quality that we could that they could be called by is that they're created by Hashem. What did they accomplish on their own? There's nothing worth mentioning. The fact that they're created by Hashem, that's how they're known. That's their quality. So that's a very basic human that has no personal qualities. And that the, uh, adre- the announcement from Harsina is talking to such people too, that they too need to study Torah. That this announcement, woe to the people that insulted Torah as there without explaining the preciousness of Amayla and the qualities of Limida Torah. We don't address, we don't explain at all what the quality of learning Torah is. So how could it be that such an announcement should have an influence on such Yidin who are so simple and basic that that's the only thing is that they're created beings. How are they supposed to suddenly develop a desire and a, a love for Torah if you didn't even explain what Torah is? All you said was, how could you insult the Torah? Is the beer in them? So the explanation is: Vibald as yederid hatanavishalikist. Since every yid has a godly soul, vas vil mekayim zayn alamitzvus that wants to fulfill every mitzvah. Unoch meren even more in pnimis fana yidin zayn afran de oitzis yikarik. Deep in within every yid there is a treasure trove of of amunas Hashem and avas Hashem, a faith in Hashem and. And the love of Hashem, Shaitas Kolar Bach Mitzvah says, uh, this love of Hashem is the source of every positive mitzvah. A yid doesn't need to be explained about how precious Torah is. 
Medar, because the Nevishul Kis, of course, has a desire to learn Torah. Medarf nor Uisrufen Zayim Pnimius. All you have to do is call forth that inner feeling of a Yid. Azizal Kumalu Degilu. That you have to bring it to the surface so that it's revealed, and that the, and therefore the Yid can start behaving according to that inner feeling. If you just bring it to the surface, by default, the Yid will study Torah. He doesn't need an explanation why it's good to learn Torah. You just have to bring his natural feeling of love to the Torah, to the surface, and then it'll happen. If the person was not on the level of Briyas, in other words, a basic level, then it would be perhaps possible that you could bring out these treasures of love of Hashem and faith in Hashem and so on by shining a light. When you shine a light, it illuminates the uh, hidden treasures that are within the Yid by such a Yid who is in touch with those treasures. And that, what would be shining the light? Explain the preciousness of Torah. So a Yid that is on some level where he relates to the Torah and so on would be encouraged, would be, you know, uh, in, inspired to learn Torah. But since we're talking also to a Yid which is on the level of a simple Briyas, because of his coarseness and crassness and unrefinement, because of how he operates and functions on the surface the, the light of the neshama you shine a light of the neshama it doesn't work it's completely blocked by the person's uh, coarseness and therefore the light doesn't get through and that's not the way to bring it to the surface when we're talking about a more refined person shine a light of the neshama it brings out a responsive feeling but this person doesn't. Therefore, what is the way? What is the way to bring out, to bring the true will to the surface by breaking down the coarseness, which covers and obscures the light of the neshama? And how do you break through that coarseness? When you make a, you give a strong announcement, you say, "Woe to the people that insult the Torah." A person that doesn't study Torah is considered to be out of the picture. So, therefore, that's the way to break down the coarseness for a person that you can't simply shine a light. It wouldn't be enough to say, "Oh, how beautiful Torah is." That wouldn't get through. You need to break down the coarseness. That's why there is such an announcement. Omnam, however, there is another level. The ability to be able to break through, as we just said, through this announcement, is by Azasu Gidin, would only work for a certain type of Yid. Which are on a level at least to be able to appreciate that they, they suddenly realize you announce, you tell them you're insulting the Torah so then they feel bad at least they recognize that their lowliness that is an expression of lowliness they recognize we insult the Torah that shows how low we've fallen at least they appreciate that As that even in their situation now where their coarseness obscures the Neshama at least they appreciate and when you talk to them about how low you've fallen it means something to them they relate to it, they feel bad about it so it comes out so by them the uh, like rebuking them is not to break them it's not to crush them rather what it is is to point out to them to drive home that you fall into a level where you're in a situation where you're insulting the Torah 
and they relate to that. So there's no need to break it. It's just to break them. It's just to break through. But there is a person that is even on a lower level than that. Because defines himself in such a lowly state as that when you talk to him about a spiritual thing and how removed he is from spiritual uh, meaningful life, it doesn't talk to him at all. Doesn't care. Because of his coarseness, his neshama is so completely obscured that he doesn't even realize that by insulting the Torah, that's something uh, that he doesn't want to be part of. That he doesn't want to be on that level. Doesn't even get that that is some a problem. And since he's unable to appreciate the lowliness to which he has fallen, at least because of the state of loneliness that he is in right now, therefore, to get through to this type of a person, the rebuke has to be in a way that it has to completely shatter the person. The, you have to shout him down you have to say you're evil you're a Russia you're disgusting you have to break down the coarseness that is which is what he is and this breaks through to his very core and that's how you can turn him into a receptacle for something holy hey a dogma of the Tzaytan Oifen, an example of this second way of having to break somebody down. Gefindman in the Sibbing Gemara, we find in the story that the Gemara tells. Maisa Shabara Balazar of Shimon, Bechulu, Rabbalazar of Shimon was traveling and he was feeling good about himself that he had learned so much Torah. He came across a person, Shahayim Achur who was very ugly. Uh, so he said to him, Reik, uh, the guy, the person addressed him, Shalom Alechi, he didn't answer, he said, Reika, you empty vessel, how ugly is this person? And there was a bit of an exchange, so the person said to him, go and tell the, pers- the, uh, the craftsman who created me, why don't you tell him, meaning Hashem, how ugly is this uh, vessel that you created? So Rabbi Lezer felt uh, knew that he had said the wrong thing and he uh, regretted it and he declared that a person should always be soft. He shouldn't be firm. He should be soft. So the question has to be asked. Uh, using the term that a Gemara often uses, what was Rabbi Lezer thinking? The fir- Why would he address a person as you're so ugly? Is it that Rebbe Lazar didn't know beforehand before the person said to him, who do you think made me? Hashem made me. Did Rebbe Lazar not know that? As the Gufa that a person's image is created by Hashem, does Rebbe Lazar not know that? He needs this person to tell him that. So what was he thinking? Why would he speak to somebody like that? We also have to understand. V is Meglach as Rabbelezer. How is it possible that Rabbelezer would speak to somebody that way? Empty vessel, ugly person. The beer in them, so the explanation is. By saying these words, you empty vessel, how ugly is that person? For the most part, what he really meant was the true meaning of emptiness and ugliness. In Ruchvi is the Kenzin, in the spiritual sense, Erhad Gedekent in Azyener is Nidriki was recognized in that person that he was a very lowly person. In Zain Ruchni is the Kenzir, in a spiritual image. Nizhgifininik Ba'em, Episamaila Amitis. He could find no qualities in this person. He saw him as an empty, em, an empty, ugly vessel. There's no spiritual qualities at all. Nochmer, even more. 
even this one quality of, that we spoke about before, the people that are referred to as Briyas, the creations of Hashem, is by Yenem Nishgeven Nikiva Morgish. Even that was not recognizable by this person. You look at him, you don't see that he's created by Hashem. What does that mean? So therefore, Rabbi Loza said, here's a person that doesn't exhibit any spiritual qualities at all. Not even that, he's, that you can see that he's created by Hashem. So he said, this is not a person that you can say hello to. You can't address him by saying shalom, returning shalom to him. Men, men can garnish pails and because you can't accomplish anything. He's so lowly that there's nothing you can say that will bring him, take him out of his spiritual slump. The only way to get through to him is to completely crush him. By saying something very strong, very strong words, you're an empty vessel, you're an ugly person. You have no spiritual qualities. Who lives like that? And through this he was able to break down the person's coarseness. And that's why, as soon as Rabbi Loza said that to him, what was his response? He immediately addressed Hashem. He said, go speak to the craftsman who created me. He immediately recognized and even declared that there is somebody who created me. This is, <clears throat> and he recognizes that. He suddenly turned into a person that has recognition of Hashem. He knows that Hashem created him. Was the head that is able to appreciate that he was made, created by a craftsman? At least he got to the point where he already understands and he recognizes that he's created by Hashem. Suddenly he became a Briyas at least. And even more than simply a Briyas, he even by saying, the craftsman that made me, is not just the guy who cr- the, per- the one who created me, but the craftsman. What does that mean? Craftsman means somebody that was created with a certain image, with a certain purpose. A craftsman makes something that has a certain purpose. So he understood that he has a certain purpose, and that Hashem created him with a purpose. As a craftsman makes something which has a purpose. So not only did he recognize that he was a created being of Hashem, but he already recognized that Hashem created him with a purpose. That's why he called it Uman, a craftsman. So that's what Rabbi Lozer accomplished by breaking him down, by saying such rough uh, words to him that he broke through. In a similar way, we can explain the story that Chsidim relate about the Rebbe Rashab. A story that happened at the beginning of the Rebbe Rashab's leadership, when he became early in the days when he became Rebbe. There was a year, a certain year, that went into Yechidus. To the Rebbe Rashab, and asked the Rebbe's bracha for a very serious matter. By Velchan er Hotzi Zgenoitikt in grace he said it is Rachman. He was in he crucially critically needed great mercy from Hashem a bracha, and he asked the Rebbe for a bracha about a very important matter. But the Rebbe said to him, responded, as a Garnishton, I can't do anything about this. Sorry, I don't have anything that I can tell you. I can't help you in this matter. So hearing such an answer from the Rebbe, is that either this yid went out of the Rebbe's room, and he broke into into a very sobbing. Bitterly. 
as he was walking and crying. He ran into, he met the Raza, which was Reb Zalman the Bruder from the Reb, the older brother of the Reb Rashab. So the Raza asked him, Why are you crying? So sobbing so bitterly, so. Why are you crying? Hatem der Eid that sailed vasigishem. So the Eid related what happened. Or was the Rebbe hatem gemferin that the Rebbe said he can't do anything for me. The Razor is alainin mechedef from his own brother the Rebbe. So the Razor went into the room of his brother the Rebbe. Vidamon the Rebbe writes in parentheses as I mentioned is as given betchilus nesiyase. This was at the beginning of the leadership of the Rebbe. Perhaps later in the leadership the Razor wouldn't do something like that. Is what I imagine the Rebbe saying. And he said to him, Is then a Zoy the Seder? This is what you do? That somebody comes to bracha, somebody comes to ask you for a bracha, sucks them or the kens them the shelf, you tell them I can't help you? That's what you do? From grace tsar, you make him cry with, with so, so bitterly, in such pain and distress. How the Rebbe, so the Rebbe put on his gartel, in other words, to prepare for Yechidus again. And he said, call him in, tell him to come in again. So when the Yid came in again, the Rebbe gave him a bracha, and the bracha is mekuim givarim bepayil mamish, and the Rebbe's bracha actually came fulfilled, and he was helped in whatever matter he needed. So that's the story. So we have to understand about the story. Why at the beginning did the Rebbe Rashab not help him? Why did he tell him that he can't help him? He said it in such a rough way, in such a rough way. That it broke the Yid, the yid down. He cried, sobbing because even if it were true and imagine that this might be true perhaps it's true that he couldn't help him that he felt that he couldn't help him but at the same time he could have at least said words of encouragement strengthen him tell him to trust in Hashem things could turn around uh, based on what our sages tell us, that even if there's a sharp sword on the neck of a person, he shouldn't stop praying to Hashem. So even if, if everything seems lost, at least you could tell him to continue to have betochen. Why does he have to say, there's nothing I can do for you? Zion, that's in them. So the explanation is, at least perhaps one can explain it this way. Is al similar to what we said before that Eid was had gebeten the Rebbe's bracha is damals this Yid that asked for the Rebbe's bracha at the moment at the situation that he was in at that time because of his spiritual situation which was not on the on the level that it should have been given nish in the Matzavah Gedarf. This person was not um, deserving, but even more, not really deserving, but he was in, incapable of receiving such a bracha, the great bracha that he really needed for his situation. His spiritual status did not allow for such a bracha to be able to permeate and, and get to him. He wasn't a receptacle. He didn't, wasn't able to receive such a bracha. And that explains why the Rebbe said to him, as a kenim that he can, I can't help you. But when he heard these words, so this caused him, broke him down. Because of his lowly state, and because of the terrible situation that he was in, both Bagashmias and it turns out Baruchmias, so he poured out his heart to Hashem, and he cried. The mid gufa, this in itself, 
that crying and that feeling broken and that uh, crying out to Hashem is givorin anayim etzias that turned him into a whole new person. And suddenly he became worthy, or even more important, he became uh, able to contain such a bracha, to receive such a bracha, to draw forth such a bracha. Ches. This kind of breaking down someone and rebuking someone is nisht. That the purpose here is not nisht to neshama. Its purpose is not to illuminate the light of the neshama. Because in his current situation, he's not able to receive to process a, a, a holy light. He's not there. So the purpose is not to break him down slightly so that the Oira the light of Kedusha, could get through, filter through. Nor what is the purpose of this kind of rebuke? To Its purpose is to break down the coarseness of the person. This kind of breaking down is also can happen to a non-Jew as well. This can have an effect and have a purpose for a non-Jew as well. The chilik is nor. The only difference would be that Aid, when we talk about a yid, a Jew is in velcha matzav as olzach nishgifin or whatever his situation he should be in. Hotar and neshama, the sham and neshama is still there. Nefesh elikis, he has a godly soul. Was the faris gam b'shavs achet vizer roitz alias miyisrael. So even when he's committing a sin, even when he's in a situation of constant sinning, even his true will is. That he wants to be a Jew, and he wants to do all the mitzvahs deep inside. The Riber is the Shvirinar in Zaychitzainius. Therefore, all that is needed is to break down what's on the surface, the external will. Because inside, internally, he's good even before you break down the outer shell. Inside, it's all good. You have to break down the outer shell in order for the inside good to come to the surface. So therefore the purpose of breaking down the outer surface is in order to allow the goodness which already exists within him to come to the surface, to break through. But when we talk about a non-Jew, hot he doesn't possess a godly soul. Can the shvira be'em oiftan nor ayecheilus to the grechens the darge in ruchni tzvelchai inishtid hot ashaychus. Therefore, breaking down the outer shell, the coarseness, only gives the possibility. Now there will be a possibility that good should spra- should come spring forth from him. Not that it's a given that the goodness will spring forth because the goodness doesn't exist yet. By a yid, the goodness is in there. You, open, you, you break through the shell, it comes bursting out. But by an, a non-Jew, you have to create that goodness as well. So it's not a given. But there is value in breaking down the outer shell so that you allow for the possibility for something more refined to be created and to come forth. Test the meat is oich mevur. So now we can understand the tam. Havas Avram Avinu had gemacht as al lachatz of the oven v'shavim. Why Avram Avinu created such pressure for the people that were the passersby, the sudden by emgigesin that ate uh, with him, as his own zog and baruch keilon shachal mishloim that they should declare blessed is Hashem. Oich haben noyach abefrat noch mabel even a non-Jew and especially after the mabel which brought about a certain refinement to the world which opened the world to more spiritual, to be able to absorb more spirituality. A non-Jew is also able to recognize that there is a God in the world. And that's why Avram was busy, kept busy doing this, to, to publicize the godliness, that every person should declare it. His initial approach was 
to explain the matter to people, explain that you know it couldn't have come about on its own, and all these uh, sticks and stones they don't they can't help you and they can't do anything. He explained it to them rationally. But when he saw that by, there is a number of them as that they are they don't relate to his explanations He's, he can explain it to them but they don't, it doesn't speak to them and the reason that it doesn't speak to them is because they're very coarse and therefore rational uh, reasonable explanation doesn't really make an impression this is a person that is even more coarse than any ordinary, the average Benoyach. As we see that there are differences. Chom was a much coarser Benoyach, literally son of Noyach, than Shem, who was a much more refined, spiritually refined per, uh, son of Noyach. In order to break down this additional coarseness he brought them into a situation of pressure at aksa which in the, the Aramaic word for pressure under and therefore he brought about a situation that his earlier explanations which he had already told them that they, sh- they should finally make sense to them in a certain se- at least to a certain degree they should relate to it a little better than they did before when they didn't relate to it at all. And as a result of that, as is all and that they should be able to declare truthfully, blessed is Hashem. They didn't declare it falsely. The pressure just broke down their resistance to listening and hearing the words that Avram was explaining to them so that now at least they related to it somewhat and therefore they could say it at least on some level so that explains <coughs> why he pressured them to say it Yud what is the lesson of all this? simple the, the stories the, the activities of our patriarchs is a, a lesson to us it's all a lesson to us. Whatever they did. So we have to conduct ourselves in the way Avraham Avinu conducted himself. And we have to do whatever we can to publicize godliness in the world. Indeed, the way Avraham did it. Because also the way in which Avraham and the other others did their Avaidah is also a lesson to us. Not just what they did, but also the way in which they went about it. That's also a lesson to us. You can't, it can't be enough that you'll, be, uh, you'll uh, bring, in, bring closer Yidin, which happen to be in your house. They happen to be close to you. But you have to go out to the street. And over there you have to approach and accomplish things with Yidin Ibrim Bishabim, which are just walking back and forth in front of you. They have nothing to do with you. And every person that walks by, not just choose certain people, anyone that walks by is a fair target. And the effort has to be in every way possible that you could think to have an influence, you should use that uh, that influence. Also, if what it means, in order to be able to create a relationship, you have to feed them, you have to give them food, you have to give them drink, and that's how you'll get a, word, a good word in. And even if the way to do it is through pressure, and he immediately says, obviously, the way the Torah allows pressure, because the ways of Torah is always pleasantness. So the pressure is not done in any way that is negative. But if a person says, as the example of Tefillin, you ask a person, could you, would you like to put on Tefillin? Nah, nah. So you could say, oh, okay, okay. He said no. Or you could say, well, maybe, you know, you have a few minutes, and you could start putting on the pressure, 
in a pl- pleasant way. And if somebody comes along and he says, What did you accomplish by pressuring somebody to put on film? And he put on film. The person that you pressured him, and therefore finally he said, Yes, I'll say a bracha. Or Lena Krishmore, he said, Okay, I'll reach him up. Davinen or Davin, Tutasan Rasan is doing it without any feeling at all, without heart, without passion. On the on their lake film them all on uh, this guy is putting he, the only reason he's putting on film with you right now outside is to potterburn from the Mlachas because he wants to get get you off his case. And the only way that he's gonna get you off is by doing it so that he can move on with life. So that's the only reason he's doing it. So the person asks, What did you accomplish by doing that? what's he going to do tomorrow tomorrow he's not going to put on film again you don't know what he's going to do tomorrow so what's the point asks the person so we answer we will tell him the story that the Torah tells Torah is a lesson it's not just a story that is told but it's a lesson about how what we have to behave uh, the story that we just talked about and how much more so at how it relates to us if this was true in the days of Avram when it was talking about B'nai Noyach and was talking about a period before Matan then even then that kind of behavior of putting pressure on them for one time Hashem considers it that you made the, uh, my name familiar to the people to my creation Allah has come of a kama how much more so when we talk in our time after when there is so much more possibility the world has become so much more refined we're talking about talking to Yidin. That who by anyway by default wants to be a Yid. And he wants to do every mitzvah. And therefore when he does a mitzvah, even though he doesn't recognize it, it is because he wants to. His inner will is to do it. It's possible that your pressure should break him down a little bit so that becomes his manifest will. He truly does want to. And this could cause that one mitzvah should bring about another mitzvah. And then eventually he'll start doing all the mitzvahs. And doing it in a perfect way too. And this avayda of publicizing the name of Hashem in the world, that you made me uh, known to my creation, that Suail will bring more quickly, as a as a reward, as a you know a response to what we do, that yud kimola oradzdeya. We made Hashem's name known in the world by doing these uh, mitzvah, doing mitzvahs with people. So Hashem will make Himself known in the world. He will fill the world with the knowledge of Hashem. Because He will bring the king from Beis David, and He will compel all the bitka to walk in the ways of Torah and to strengthen its breaches from the written Torah and the oral Torah may this happen right away